not normal. I guess, I guess what happens is about 30 seconds after somebody gets in their spot, everybody realizes it and starts to get softer and softer and softer. Hey, we're glad you are here. I am thankful to see all of your faces and we'll be more than thankful in a few weeks to see a few more faces as school starts to come back together and vacation begins to end. And like I said last week, and then after Labor Day, you watch. After Labor Day, this whole section right here, there'll be people in it and, and uh, the family will be back together from all their summer runnings, all right? And I'm just, I look forward to that Labor Day weekend after Labor Day. It's always, always good. I wanna pray. I wanna be very thankful. What's up, Max? I wanna be very thankful for, ouch, ouch. Very thankful for uh, Ashley and, and for Jamie, who will be uh, uh, leading us in worship for the next uh, two weeks today and next Sunday. And then, yay, we, our full-time worship pastor will be here on the 20th. <laughs> Michael and Rebecca, we, uh, the elders talked after church. We got together via text thread again about five or six o'clock. He was with his son, so he called me about, about nine o'clock and uh, we offered him the job and it took about two seconds for him to say, we are thrilled to accept. And so that is super exciting. So Michael and Rebecca Higdon will be here two weeks from today and from that point forward for as long as God allows, all right? So we're excited about that. Uh, wanted to let you know that and you can spread that word all you want to. I'm gonna pray and then we'll, uh, we'll rejoice, all right? God, you are good. You are good. You are so good, so, so good. And this morning as we celebrate you, pour out from within, God. Send your Holy Spirit to convict us, to, to, to unite us, to to, to, to allow our cups to run over, God, and, and let our praise and our glory our, our, and our celebration of you just be um, something that, 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 that makes you, makes you smile at your children. You make everything glorious. That's what the song was playing before we got started. You make everything glorious, and I am yours. I am yours. So we exist to bring you glory, God. Let us do that together today. All these things we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. When all I see is the battle When all I see is a mountain, you see the mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now. belongs to you 
wants to, you to think that you're surrounded and you have no protection. But I pray that you would feel his presence in this room today because we are surrounded today. He is here and he is protecting us from any attack of the enemy. Pray right now that you feel his presence. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. to 
is the name above every other name. It is at that name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. We thank you for the freedom to rejoice in your name. We thank you that we have power to do more than we could ever ask for or imagine in your name. We thank you that the demons must tremble and that they will run at the very mention of your name. Now today, God, do something in our lives. Change something in our hearts. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. And amen and amen. You can be seated. So we've been making our way through, as every week I begin like this, we've been making our way through the things that God calls the church and the individuals in the church to be and do. And I will stress again, we don't want to stop having fellowship picnics. We don't want to stop doing solid student ministry. We don't want to stop bringing Krispy Kremes in every so often and sitting them outside the sanctuary. We don't want to stop having pots of coffee. We want to improve the things that the people outside the church need, all right, in order to find their way to us, in order to feel comfortable and welcomed here. We 
we don't want to stop doing those things. But here on this corner, we are moving ourselves in a direction where we refuse to make those things the main things, all right? We want to be the individual members of the body and the body of Christ that Christ calls us to be. We want to focus on things such as bearing one another's burdens. We want to focus on things such as meeting together in the church, in the temple, and in the home, small groups. We want to focus on prayer. We want to focus on communion, that which binds us. We want to focus on the apostles' teaching because it is the Word of God and only the Word of God that changes lives. We want to become individuals who chase those things, and we want to become a church that is known more for those things than we are for our music, more for those things than we are for our building, more for those things than we are for a a jamming uh, kids' ministry. We want to be known for those things and listen closely. If we, the body of Christ, are going to be those things, then ye, the members of the body, must be challenged to do those things. On the Sunday that Michael gets here, two weeks from today, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna prep you. I'm giving you actually five weeks warning, all right? Two weeks from today, I'm going to outline, again, we don't have the name yet, we just know the the, the design. I'm going to outline basically a, a, a spiritual growth challenge, okay? That's, the, that's what we're going to be doing in two weeks. Spiritual growth challenge. And then you will have two more weeks to pray, to decide, to, to, to jump on board with the challenge, all right? And it, it will last 90 days. But it's for your heart, your soul, your spirit, your family, our body together. And it is exciting. It is exciting. Listen to me. It will be difficult. If it ain't hard, it ain't worth doing. It will be challenging. Many of you will finish the sermon that day and go, nope. Many of you halfway through the sermon that day will be like, nope, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Man, that's old. Man, that's old. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. All right. Here's more like it. Not going to do it. Want to be lazy. Just saying. All right. It's not a challenge if it's not challenging. All right. It's a hobby. (laughs) It's a sometime thing. So just, just get ready. Wear your steel-toed boots, bring your seat belts, and we're going to lock and load, all right? But today, we continue down the road of the things God calls us to be. Today, we are on this, fellowship, all right? Now, we all know what fellowship is when it comes to fellowship suppers and fellowship gatherings, all right? But we've lost the real meaning, the real Um, effort, the real glory to God behind what fellowship is. And the word is koinonia. Do you remember when we talked about communion, the, the revelation that God gave us was that it's not just an act, but it's the act that Jesus chose to do 
to bring the 12 together right before he was to go to the cross. And when they need him, when they want him, they come together, they break the bread, they drink the cup to remember that this is why we are who we are. This is why we do what we do. The communion is about the remembrance and the centering on why we're here. Koinonia means to have in common to have in common. And we, the people in this room, have fellowship together because we have sin, shame, guilt, salvation in Jesus Christ and restoration in Him in common. That's why we gather. And when we get together, we should focus on those things. Fellowship and loving one another. Fellowship and loving one another. All of this stuff stems out of this passage here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All, the, all believers were together and had everything in common. They were doing life, giving life, loving life, sharing life, reflecting life, and celebrating all of their lives together, every aspect of their, their lives, their victories and their defeats, their finances and their homes. Everything about their lives were intertwined in some way or another, and they loved, and they lived, and they grew. The Bible says, and God added to their numbers daily, all right? So let's look at a few things about fellowship for you to have, for you to remember. If you want to take notes, here are these things and, and we're going to talk about the passages that they come from. So real fellowship, all right, between Greg and myself, Tamara and myself, Herod and myself, all right, Honey Badger and myself. Real fellowship together looks like this. One, fellowship begins with God's love. Now you can have friends, you can hang out, but true koinonia, true fellowship begins with God's love, overflows from God's love, is centered on God's love and expresses God's love. How cool is that? Fellowship begins with his love, overflows from his love, centered on his love and expresses God's love. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Our connecting with one another in heart and body and mind and spirit sends off a message, sends off an image sends off a presence and that presence because it is a presence of love is the presence of God because God is love. And therefore in our fellowship, we become a communal expression of who God is. The Trinity, three in one, the fellowship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is the same as the fellowship of the body becoming one together. They will know that we are Christians by our love. Love. They will know that we are Christians by our love. From God's love, with God's love, centered on his love and expressing his love. All right, next. Fellowship involves each other's encouragement. 
It involves each other's encouragement and a constant pointing back to Christ in order to keep Christ the center of our hearts and actions. We can't do this alone. You know what this is? Accountability. But it's accountability that begins with love and expresses itself with encouragement, all right? It's not, you're not doing this. It is, I want for you to have this. Here is where you're going. And what is the end? what's at the end of that is not what I want you to have. I was talking to our small group leaders today and I said, I, I have been living in this verse. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. And I don't wake up in the morning going, man, I can't wait for Kendi to stumble so I can whip her back into spiritual shape. Man, I can't wait for Amy Rankin to do something wrong so I can get on her case. That's not in at all. I don't wake up wanting that. It's the hardest thing to do as a pastor is to have to confront someone. But here's the deal. I've gotten to a place where I know that that's what love looks like. I know that that's what love sounds like. I know that if you are going down a path, now, if you won't listen, I'm going to have to grab you, jerk you back to this point and point you down that path. Now, if you don't go down that path, that's okay. I will love you. If you turn around and walk right back here, I will love you. I will wave at you, but you will be apart from me because I'll be here and it will be your call. Well, Craig, you kicked me. No, I didn't do anything. You walked away. I'm not going there. And I don't want you to have what's at the end of that road. I want you to have what's here. That is the essence of this part of fellowship. We get together. We know what's going on. We know our hurts. We know our pains. We know our lives. We know our kids. We hear the expressions that don't come out correctly. And we say, not today. Don't, don't even let Satan even whisper in your small groups, whisper in your meetings, whisper in your communities. We don't do it. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How can I push you toward Jesus Christ? Do you need a pat on the backside? Do you need an encouraging word? Do you need a gift to get started? Do you need a, a, a diving board to jump off of? What do you need that I can get you going down the path toward Jesus. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Man, sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're watching the news, when you're, when you're reading things online, when you're muddling through um, 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 social media is to keep your chin up. <laughs> hard to keep your heart from just going, just getting hard and getting numb and, and, and turning dark. We need more talk about what is good. All right, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's righteous, whatever's trustworthy, whatever's holy, think on these things, man. What, what's the old adage? What goes in comes out, right? Don't, 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 um, don't be fooled. God cannot be mocked, all right? You can't take in rated R. You can't take in rated X. You can't take in all kinds of junk, junk and then think, hey, I can throw out beauty. No, 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 no. You plant bananas, you get bananas. Ain't nobody waiting on pears after they planted maters. It doesn't happen. But in church, we expect it. We expect to be able to do what we want, live in the things we want, take into our spirits the things that we want, and then we think we're going to express something of God. And you cannot. You cannot. I've had to think through some conversations recently, not reasonably, recently, where I couldn't see the conversation going anywhere but here. Hey, I'm doing all the things. I believe all the things. Then where's the fruit? I know you think you're being respectful, but you're not. I know you think you're being loving, but you're not. I know you think you're working for the church, but, but you're not. I know you think you're giving, but you're, you're not. Well, Craig, that's not very nice. God didn't ask me to 
God didn't ask me to do, do, do that. I want to be nice, but that's not what he asked. Sometimes if I, I can be nice, you should please give. You should please come. I've probably done that six or seven times. Now I'm pushing. We need not to have to push. We need to be able to say, look what's out there. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I want it for you. We need to be together and it needs to start with encouragement. That's why, that's why one of the things for the last 10 years that, that, that this church is, and look, not perfectly, but overwhelmingly Sunday after Sunday, you know what this church is? Happy. This church is happy. This church is welcoming. This church is, hey, I'm glad to see you. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Men's ministry is, hey, what's going on? We may give each other a hard time, but we miss our brothers when they're not there right? We miss one another. We want to know what's going on. And the more time we spend together, the more we want to do it. Encourage one another. It's nice to know when I get up in the morning and I didn't want to get up ever. uh, In fact, she apologized. I'm walking out the door and she said, I'm sorry, you have to leave so early. (laughs) Some days you just don't want to, but when you get there, it's just that, that is what we're looking for. All right. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Church, we do a pretty good job at this, but we need to do a job, a better job. We need, we, need to, we need to get better at it. We need to spend more time doing it. We need to stop finding time for the things we don't need to do and spend some time together. Two, four, six, eight of you. True godly fellowship includes the sharing of the word of God with one another. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's biblical accountability. Maybe it's praise, all right? Maybe it's communion. I didn't put that in there. But we need to share in the celebration of who God is. We need to share in the invitation of God to be a part of our fellowship, all right? Fellowship stems from the love of God. Fellowship encourages people. Fellowship uh, 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 should cause us to, to, to praise and, and, and fellowship should draw God nearer to us through our praise, through a, a Bible study, all right? That is a big part of what small groups do. Let the message of Christ dwell richly among you as you teach and admonish one another with wisdoms. Use the Psalms, use the hymns, use songs given to you from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Come on, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It would weird people out if you just break out into song. That's just where we are. But Steve will tell you, man, in Africa, man, music starts playing, they'll break out, they'll sing, and they don't worry about if anybody hears them. You know what happens in a Baptist church? You know what happened this morning, right, right, right? When Ashley and Jamie stop singing or when they sing softer, do you know what happens to the congregation? It's like, I heard it, oh, sorry, how to save it came from glory. When the music gets lower, you get lower. When Jamie and Ashley sing louder, you sing louder. It's because you're not sure who hears you. Let me tell you, those girls in Ghana, they want everybody to hear them. Doesn't matter if they can carry a tune in a bucket or not. They want to praise God. They want to shout. They want to celebrate. And you know what? They have little to nothing. Maybe that's our problem. Maybe we have too much. Maybe we have too much. And we're so able in and of our own selves that we don't lean on God like we should. We need to sing more. We need to, we need to sing more. We need to read more. We need to celebrate more. Fellowship means... We do not only share the gospel with one another, but we also share our lives with one another because we have a deep care 
connection for one another. Listen, this is hard. This is hard. And the reason it's hard is because I know almost 90% of you fairly well. And I could walk around this room and go, you can't ask for help. 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 Y'all are smiling, smiling big. You're like, yeah, that's me. That's most of you. I, I, don't, I didn't want to tell you, I, I, preacher, I didn't want to tell you I was going in the hospital, had surgery, spent four days there. Why not? Because I knew you'd come. Yes, I would have. Well, I didn't want to burden you. It's my job. Craig, why didn't you come see me? I didn't know. Do you think that I wake up with this every morning with some kind of, of, of connection to, to an otherworldly place where I go, oh, oh, I, I feel it. K K Kathy Murphy's driving to, where is that? St. Joseph this morning. Oh, I need to get in my car and meet her there. If I don't know, I can't go. And I used to, I used to be incredibly burdened by that. Guess what? I have thrown that off my shoulders. Now, if you tell me and you invite me and, and you say, please come and I don't show up, there's a problem. And I promise you this, I will be mortified and I will, uh, there's probably a hundred things I could blame, but I will blame me and I will ask you for your forgiveness <laughs> because I've had to do that too. I've had to do that too. But listen to me. Most of you who don't want to ask for help have hearts this big and you would give the shirt off your back for someone else. Do you remember when Mr. Miyagi was trying to give Ralph Macchio, the karate kid and the old one, his car? Remember that? Juice. Mr. Miyagi, I can't get... Juice. Mr. Miyagi, hurt the old man feeling. If you would give the shirt off your back and you have a heart to serve, that means you would love it if somebody gave you that opportunity, correct? Well, then give the opportunity. I know you want to help and you want to love. If you want to help and you want to love, then learn to be loved. Learn to be helped. It's a really good place and I promise it brings people together. It's costly. It's a burden and it's worth every penny, every minute, every word. So we cared for you because we loved you so much and we're delighted, delight, that's the word, delight. It, it, it costs, it hurts, but at the end of the journey, there is delight and it's wonderful. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well, come on. Fellowship involves walking into the hurt Fellowship involves walking into the burdens of one another's hearts and helping each other physically, emotionally, spiritually. It means if we mourn, we mourn together. If we rejoice, we rejoice together. If we listen, we all listen together. This is what true fellowship is. When I hurt, you hurt. When you hurt, we hurt. When we hurt, everyone hurts. And you never have to do it alone. Social media does connect the planet. It's also made the loneliest generation in our history. 
you're connected to hundreds of thousands of people and you have no connection to them at all. You want to know why that is? Because God created fellowship. And he said, fellowship works like this. What you have is words. What you have is information. What you have is a wireless connection. So does a cell phone. What you don't have is walking together through the hard stuff. What you don't have is when I have a need, you have a need. What you don't have is when you have a need, we meet a need. What you don't have is people around you taking on a very hard life and making it easier. Bear one another's burdens. We preached on this just two weeks ago. And in this, you fulfill the law of Christ. What? Yes. In this one act, you fulfill the law of Christ. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Fellowship means we, fellowship means we generously give to one another, sharing mutually with one another when we are in need. This one's incredibly simple, but it's also incredibly hard. Okay? It's incredibly simple because here's what it means. If everybody puts their part of serving into the pot, we will have enough servers. If everybody puts their part of, 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 of material items into the pot, we'll have all the material items we need. If everybody puts their attendance into the church, we will have all the seats will be full. If everybody puts all of their money into the pot, nobody will ever need any money ever. That's, that's the simple part of it. Here's the hard part. We're human. We don't live in a give generation. We live in a take generation. We live in a get. We are not taught to, to climb the corporate ladder so that we may spur on every activity in the world. We're taught to climb the corporate ladder to take care of me, myself, I, to set up a retirement for me, for my children, for my children's children. We are taught to gain instead of to give. It's anti who we are. We are by nature selfish, not selfless. We are by nature receivers, not givers. And people are by nature built to take advantage. The hard, one of the top three hardest things about being a preacher is learning to say no. Hey, I need your help. No, I've told you this over and over again. I need your help. No, you don't. You need, you need my charity. You need me to continue to spur on the um, entitlement that you have. You need me to continue to spur on the things instead of saying no to you. What you need is for me to continue to support your bad habit of mooching off everyone else. That ends. Took me about four years to learn that one in the benevolence world. Uh, it took me about nine and a half years to learn it for you. Welcome to the new church. Some of you are already experiencing it. Some of you are getting ready to experience it. I will not continue to spur on your need when you won't do anything about it. I have a generous heart. That is not braggadocious. That is reality. If I have it, you may have it. Our church has a generous heart. Churches have asked for things and we have given them the end. Hey man, we don't have a microphone. Take mine. Well, don't you need it? I got another one. Hey, you got a car sitting out front. Can I borrow it? Yep. 
Lots of people in this room have driven my cars around. They don't run very far, but you've driven them. You might've had to re-duct tape them, but you drove them. My neighbor's got one now. Came to my door. That says, my neighbor came to my front door, said, you said you were gonna let people use that car. I did. Can I use that car? You may. The end. I have a generous heart and a generous spirit, but I can't, I can't do this by myself. There's not enough. I don't preach that good. Fellowship means we generously give and we share mutually. There's the thing. If you're not giving mutually, don't put your hand in the jar mutually, okay? It's both and. The church exists really well when everybody does their part. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Livy may give a, a whole lot more money than Jamie. That, that may happen because she may make a whole lot more money than Jamie. But Jamie may give a whole lot more time than Livy, right? Right? We all give from what we have. And the church is what? Without need. That's how God set it up. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but there might be some equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. In turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal there is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Let's be clear about something. The way you see equity and equality in this world <laughs> is different than what Jesus is talking about here, all right? It's different. It means if there's a need, not a want. Craig, I've been, I've been tithing and I've been serving and, and to be honest with you, all I'm praying for is a Mercedes. So if the church could just get down on that, that'd be great. Why you need a Mercedes? Well, I don't have a car. I haven't had a car for six months. Well, I, I, there's an old Yugo back there. Anybody remember those? We got you go. Will that do? It'll make you go. Because if you need to get from A to B, I can make that happen. If you need to drive in style, pimp daddy like, I ain't doing it. All right? Ain't gonna happen, Captain. We're not talking about equality that way. All right? We're not. We're talking about, can I get to the hospital? Can I not get to the hospital? Can I get to the doctor's office? Can I not get to the doctor's office? I will work. I will do my part. And nobody will have a need. It, I'm telling you, church. Fellowship involves the body of Christ all coming together as one person and one voice to serve one another with our individual gifts and to care for one another above ourselves. There you go. I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can either do it on your own and you take care of you or you can look around the room, everybody takes care of everybody and you can have 99 people taking care of you. I can tell you which one's better. But can you figure it out on your own? While our presentable parts need no special treatment, God has put the body together, giving it greater honor than the parts have in and of themselves. There should be no division in the body. Come on, there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Two more. Fellowship involves vulnerability. Do we need to pray about that one right now? Do we need to just stop and bow our heads and, and every, every man in the room especially say, um, Jesus, you've got to work on my vulnerableness. Because this goes back to the same thing we were talking about earlier. I don't need no help. Yeah, you do. Fellowship involves vulnerability with one another as we honestly confess our sins and diligently pray. 
church has lost this art. We do not confess our sins. <laughs> we just don't. Now, there's some boys in, in, in the hood right now that we're getting there. We're getting there, all right? We're talking about our, our trash together. And, and sometimes it involves a swift kick in the backside. But again, yanking you off the road, sending you down this one, diligently praying to keep one another accountable, all right? Confession, repentance, and accountability won't just change a church, it'll change a nation. And that happens in intense and immense and, and rec regular fellowship. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Last, true fellowship causes those around you to see Jesus. They see that we are Jesus' disciples and the love of Christ pours from our hearts into each other's lives. This type of love draws others to want to know this great God. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know they are my disciples if you love one another. Did you hear what it said? If we love this way in these things, in our giving, in our serving, in our celebrating, in our reading, in our, in our confession, in our repentance, if we love each other this way, here's what God says will happen. People will come running for that type of hope, for that type of healing, for that type of community, for that type of camaraderie, for that type of accountability. The Bible says they'll come running. So if they're not running to us, what can we infer? We got some work to do on our fellowship. We got some work to do on our fellowship. Instead of me praying over you today, here's what I want to happen. I want you to think on the things that you wrote, think on the things that you heard. I hope that you saw that all of this was Bible-based, that all, every, everything, every phrase comes with a verse or two or three after it that says exactly what, what, what I said, right? This is what true koinonia, true fellowship, truly loving one another looks like. For about 30 to 60 seconds right now, would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes and would you ask the Holy Spirit to impress upon you what you need to do to find fellowship? What you need to do to find or change a part of you to be better in fellowship? Do you need to show up? Do you need to be more vulnerable? Do you need to do better at serving? Better at giving? Do you need... Do you need somebody in your life who's ready to say, hey, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is loving spiritual discipline. Do you, need, do you need someone to encourage you? Do you need to be an encouragement to someone? Ask God right now, what is it I need to do to be in and create greater fellowship with the people in my church family and the people in my life? Ask God, see what he says. God, draw us close to you, and in doing so, we will draw nearer to one another. Make us vulnerable. Make us courageous. Make us forgiving. Bring us into lives of prayer and the reading of Scripture and celebration. All these things we pray in Jesus' name.
and amen. I, I made a list in, in my busy 